Hey guys, I just want to let you know real quick, I had some technical difficulties with my microphone at the beginning of the show, so for most of the episode, uh, my audio is pretty terrible, so I apologize in advance. But still, enjoy the episode. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Screeners. This is Chad. I'm Chris. I'm Melody. I'm Josh. And I'm Daniel. And we're back to talk all things media. We have an exciting episode. We're going to do a full review of the post. We're going to catch you up on what we've been watching. But one of the things we wanted to do at the very beginning is introduce to you someone that is new to the screeners family. We're a family, right? I mean, I feel like we're a family. We hate each other enough to be called a family, I think. Yeah, I I don't think I would choose the rest of you, so we must be family. I think so. Wow. Except for me. Good grief. Well, definitely. (laughs) Christmas time is here. (laughs) Sorry. Inside joke there. Anyway, as you may have noticed in the last few weeks, we have started up a blog at ScreenersPodcast.com. Daniel has contributed some stories there. I've put a a story or two up there. And we're excited tonight to introduce you to a listener of the show who, by day, is also a copywriter. And he's going to be a new regular contributor to the Screeners Podcast blog. And we're excited for you to meet him. His name is Britton Meathy. And so, Britton, the first thing I think you need to do is explain that last name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow sorry Jump right welcome to the show welcome <laughs> to the show welcome to the screeners hey thanks for having me and uh no one will ever be able to spell my last name so i don't even need a screen name it's uh it's good to go right there already that's nice. absolutely true and Britton is is a young guy so i think he and daniel will see who can out hipster each other on a regular basis so it's very exciting i love la la land more than daniel oh, does wow. so no, it's all no, wow no, no. what are your feelings on san andreas <laughs> Terrible. All right, get out of here. You have some promise. That's fair. So, Britton, uh, Britton, tell me again, what's your official title? Yeah, it's a senior content strategist over at the Alderman Group. Britton is a a lover of pop culture. He's a writer, and we're very, very excited in all seriousness to have him come on board with us and excited to have him guest uh, tonight on the show so that you guys can meet him. You'll you'll be seeing a lot from him in the future. So, Britton, uh, anything you want to say to the people here before we get going? Just uh, hello, people, and uh, yeah, hope I'm able to jump in. I appreciate you guys having me. Awesome, awesome. Well, what I thought we'd do before we get into our review of the post is just catch up with everybody and see what we've all been watching. So, Chris, how about we start with you? What What have you been watching on your screen? You know, honestly, I have not. I've, there's been a lot of swings and misses lately in my... I've been looking for a television show uh, to watch. I do a Star Trek Discovery recap podcast, which you may or may not know is out there. It's called The Next Trek, part of the uh, Screeners uh, Podcast Network, and uh, I would love... For for you guys to join us there but other than that i've been looking for something to watch and all the ones that i've tried i've not really enjoyed that much there's several that have been come out on uh, amazon prime that just really haven't hit me all that well one of them let me see what's the name of it it's called the marvelous miss Maisel. have you any of you guys tried this at all on amazon I've heard a lot about it, but I haven't yeah, watched I've not myself tried yet. It, but got a lot of awards and stuff. It it does. It really does. I don't know. Just for me, it just it, 
it just didn't work for me all that well. I may go back and revisit it at some point, but it yeah, just same. it didn't hit where it needed to for me anyway to to continue to watch it. Where, and where then would another it need to hit exactly. You know, it just really <laughs> right there in the gut, Josh. You know what I mean on a on a gut level. It didn't go there. Uh, and then there's this uh, there's this new I would almost call it a Black Mirror competitor called Electric Dreams. Have you guys heard about this? Philip K. Dick's yes. uh, Electric Dreams. Have you watched any of it? I, I, well, I want to hear what you think before I answer that question. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Did you watch it or not? Just you can answer that. I, I didn't make it through the first episode and I was really bored by it. Yeah, it was bad. It was so bad. It felt like a, a what was it called? Syndicated sci-fi show yeah. from like the early 90s. It was really strange, except yeah. it had really big names in it. It, it was. Did. It was odd. Um, yeah, it lost my attention pretty quickly. Uh, it really did. I, but, I first... Because it's an anthology thing, I'm curious though. If maybe the first episode just sucks. Like I, I might, I might skip the rest of it and move on to the next one. I don't I remember know. the first episode of Black Mirror, right? Yes, which was the worst one. <laughs> it was. Fake. Yeah, I, are you kidding me? But but the first episode, <laughs> at least there, there was there was a how do I say this a style? Is that a good word for it? Right. Um, there was something. It was visceral. Uh, anyways, it, it was really well made. This I don't think was well made. It just yeah. it, it was it have it relied too heavily on uh, visual effects that were half baked and just didn't work for me. And I did make it through, but it was very much a kind of I was on my other devices while I was watching, so it wasn't as uh, intent as possible. So those two are the ones I've tried recently that I didn't really like. I also tried on Amazon too. Jean Claude Van Johnson. Have you guys seen this? <laughs> I'm super excited about that show. Actually, <laughs> is okay. it terrible? Yeah, it's so bad. I don't know what Amazon. That does. makes it's, me even more excited. Then it, 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 it it's like it, Amazon's in this like just throw everything against the wall, see what sticks, and I don't feel like there's a whole lot of heart behind it. So those just didn't really do it for me, to be honest with you. But um, those are just a few. Melody has some of the better ones that we've watched together. But those are the ones I've watched on my own, and none of them have really uh, stuck out to me as, like, recommends. You know what I mean? So before we go to Melody, do you do you have a love in your heart for Jean-Claude Van Damme? Are you asking me if I if I like him? If you love him. Yes. Do you lo- yeah. I didn't say like. I said love. I don't know if I – I mean, love <laughs> is such a strong word. It is. Commit. Yes. strong man. He'd Listen, have to take me out to dinner or... first, and we'd have to kind of see how things went. I don't know wow. if love, but I do wow. have an affinity towards him. I loved, um, you know, honestly, like, I know this is going to be a, a terrible pick. I, I Obviously, I like Kickboxer, but the movie that I most remember him for is Time Cop. Uh, I like that movie. Okay, quite You're disqualified. <laughs> okay, no more talking from you. <laughs> Melody, so let's go to you. Help Chris with uh No, with hang on, sorry, I'm watching. sorry, hang on, though, hang on. Time Time Cop is very integral to the plot of the first episode, though. They talk about it constantly throughout the... It must have been his most most popular outside of... Um, oh, what's the Cyborg movie? The Universal Soldier. It must be his most popular movie because they do nothing but talk about it in the entire entirety yeah, it's of blood, the pilot. It's blood sport or nothing, but that's fine. That's fine. All right, Melody, what have you been watching? Help help your husband over yes, here. Yes, I, I will attempt to do that. Well, I think it's just exciting that I've been watching some television because, you know, I don't always have time for such things. But we found a few good shows. And I do, I do have to just say, I know he mentioned Star Trek. I have only been on one episode of, of that podcast. And when I was on the podcast, I was not very favorable towards this this series as much as I love Star Trek but I just have to say for any that might have given up in the first 
half season. Since it's picked up after the holidays, I have I have some hope. I have some hope that it might turn into something at least worth watching. And I have enjoyed the last couple episodes. So I will say that much. And you can listen to all the details why on the other podcast. Does, but it, also, does it actually take a full half season? to? Because I've been on the fence whether I should watch this or not so as someone who's not really ever watched the Trek. Stuff. So here, here's the great thing. We did, we actually made an episode all about, you know, whether or not you should watch the show and you should listen to that episode. That'll now, your question. but let me just say, if you don't have a relationship with Star Trek, this is not the series to start with. There's, there's so much better content out there. Yes. I would say it does take a half season to get to a point where it's, where you understand the groove of the show and you understand why they introduced the characters the way they did and you care a little bit about any of them. But okay. with that said, I'm looking forward to the next episode and I'm really happy that I can say that. Um, also, we have been watching The Good Doctor, which is a network television show, which I typically avoid at all costs. But it's been, it had been a long time since we had a good medical drama and we'd heard good things. So we watched all of it, kind of binge watched it and enjoyed it a lot. It's actually wow. it's actually got some really good heart in it. And the relationships between the characters are interesting and maybe a little different than than you've seen before because the main character has autism. So it's really interesting. So it's got all of that dynamic and the relationship dynamic with obviously the medical stuff that all of those shows have. So we're kind of liking it. We tried to watch the X-Files and we got about 10, not even 10 minutes in. And just, you know, yeah, there's sad. there's some things that can't, just can't be redeemed. So it's horrible. Not even away. 10 minutes. Wow. I mean, the, the acting and the dialogue is so horrific. Like as much as we love the X-Files, like we just couldn't watch it. We just couldn't do it. Uh, and we did finally see The Big Sick, I wanted to mention. And, of course, loved that. It's an excellent film. We're catching oh, yeah. up, people. We're catching up. Good stuff. Good stuff. I actually agree with you on The Good Doctor. I haven't watched all of it, but I've watched maybe six episodes. And it yeah. is good. I agree I'm with shocked. you. It is, it is good. Do you like it, Daniel? Have you watched it? Uh, no, I haven't watched any of it, so I, I, have, I can't judge for myself. But it I had would... one of the worst trailers of the fall season. And so yeah, I, I would recommend it. It's, it's a good show. It's solid. So go ahead, Daniel. What have you been watching? Yeah, I have been watching a great deal. We are right in the heart of Oscar season. It's, it's c- coming to a close, so my Oscar prep is almost done. Uh, I've talked about most of most of the movies on the podcast, but uh, recently I saw I, Tanya, which was fantastic and hilarious. Have any of you seen I, Tanya yet? Seeing it tomorrow. Oh, nice, nice. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's really good, and uh, you guys can make sure to check out. We released our... Uh, my interview with Paul Hauser, who plays Sean Eckhart in the movie, and he's hilarious and really nice guy. So make sure you listen to that interview because that was fun, uh, and he's like the funniest part of the whole movie. So that's that's kind of cool. I have also I watched The Greatest Showman, which I think we're gonna save our discussion on that for another episode because uh, I think Chad has some passionate thoughts on that movie. Am I right? I'm just saying, if you and I were to start talking about it, we may burn the entire Screeners <laughs> podcast to the ground right now, so we probably should wait. Why are we delaying this? We had some uh, some very contentious Slack uh, back and forth uh, on our private Slack channel, but uh, needless to say, I'm right and Chad's crazy, so there you go. Um, I don't know, Daniel. We'll, we'll have to see. 
uh it, i it's factual uh so anyway <laughs> uh on the tv side of things somebody chris mentioned black mirror uh i have watched the fourth season of black mirror and man that is incredible i just love black mirror hang the dj is one of my new favorite episodes of the show um there's a couple of them that aren't quite as good but uh hang the dj was was so good that it kind of made me love the entire season so always check out black mirror on netflix and then another netflix show have any of you guys watched american vandal it's so good yes in my queue but i haven't watched it yet so so just me and britain i guess the the young people have to hold down the show so uh, um, so it, it's, it's like, if you have, if you don't know what it is, it's like a mockumentary version of making a murderer, uh, about vandalism at a high school. And it is hilarious, but, but it's also ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. And, uh, and has like some good emotions, uh, kind of towards the end actually. So it's, it's really, really funny and ridiculous. What did you think of it, Britt? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was way... I guess way better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be another kind of, uh, you know, dumb high school comedy. But it was, like you said, it was deep. And at the end kind of had some some emotional pull that I didn't expect from it. So I dug it. Yeah. And it, and it, it was, like, a lot better made than I thought. It was a really, really well thought so through good. mockumentary. Like, they, they hit every beat of making a murder. Like, it, it, was, it was really good. So you guys should definitely check that out. I think it's only six episodes, if I remember right, on Netflix. So, uh, yeah, you should check it out. So that is what I've been watching. What about you, Josh? Have uh, you had a chance to see anything lately? I have watched one or two things, probably only one or two things. I'll try to keep it quick. Um, half of mine are catch-up things to agree with things that you people said months ago. Um, a couple weeks ago, we finally watched Get Out, um, which I can heartily recommend. I hate horror movies. All right. This movie was great. Wow, this is Yay, exciting. Josh. Glad I to don't hear know whether it. I'd call it a horror movie. I mean, it might yeah. Be. Well, yeah. to be fair, it, yeah. it's a musical or comedy, so yeah. It, it's, <laughs> but it was billed. It was billed as like a horror movie, right? It was like, marketed like one. Yeah, yeah. That's that's essentially what I mean. Yeah, totally. Uh, so there was there was that that was good, and also uh, my wife and I started the first season of Glow and finished it very rapidly. Glow is a great show. Yes, I told you, I am a champion of GLOW. People need to see this show. It's great. They do. It is The writing is great, and the story is great. There are a couple slow episodes, maybe towards the middle, middle end-ish, where you kind of wonder if the story's doing what you want to do, but it's a good show, and you should watch it. Also on the Netflix front, actually, all of my things are Netflix, except for Get Out, so go figure. We just watched Jim and Andy. Uh, the documentary about the making of oh, yeah. Man on the Moon. Mm-hmm. And Jim Carrey is a little out there, but it's a really interesting documentary, just how this movie, how the set worked for this movie. Has has anyone watched that yet? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What did, what did you guys think, since there's a couple of you? I loved it. I think Jim Carrey's insane, um, <laughs> but in a way that is, you know, unique to the character that he was playing in that movie. I don't know that it, I don't know that it helped the film much. But the weird thing is, at the end of that movie, if I'm being honest, watching the behind the scenes, I almost felt like he was Andy. <laughs> I mean, like when he was saying his goodbyes to the crew, I was kind of sad because it felt like that was. Who it so it's it it's it's strange in that regard, but I think overall it's it's really pretty good. Well, 
I mean, it seems like he believed that himself the whole time, which is yeah. part of Jim Carrey's weirdness, but also his brilliance. The whole thing was uh, was pre-planned. The whole thing was an Andy Kaufman move. I don't believe any part of it was real at all, but it was really fascinating. Jim Carrey's Andy Kaufman or? Yeah, like the whole thing, like they were acting as though his antics on set were real and that oh, they were I concerned see. for Jim Carrey like and all that. True, they were acting like it was a true behind the scenes thing, but it was really Yes. Just, I see. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's possible. And if so, it's even more funny to me. True. So one thing that I want to put on this list, even though I haven't actually watched it because I've heard it recommended so much, has anyone watched Round Planet on Netflix? Never heard, Never of, heard it. of it. No. Okay. <laughs> so we all need to watch this together and then talk about it. Round Planet is, um, I think it's produced by the BBC, but it's a BBC style nature documentary, but a joke. Like it's it's the na- beautiful nature footage, but with a British humor narrative instead of like <laughs> David Attenborough telling you about stuff. So I have got that to check this amazing. out, and I will report back. I thought you were going to say it was a flat earther uh, documentary, <laughs> and I was going to be in. No, that documentary is on Amazon. Oh no. No, I I actually did see scrolling through Amazon the other night. There's a there's an anti-vaxer documentary created by. <laughs> Like oh, di- fun. directed and written by the guy who wrote the original fraudulent study but anyways <laughs> it's gotten a lot of great reviews too like, oh, we I'm send sure all emails does. to Josh <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow is a big fan of that movie and uh... yeah. Jenny McCarthy Jenny very McCarthy, cool Josh yeah. very good those yeah. are those are some good recommendations so I'll since we have written with us we'll save him for last as our guest and I'll just very briefly go down the same trail that Daniel has I've been trying to catch up on all of the films that have been released for for Oscar season so I've seen probably 13 or 14 movies in the last uh, you know week or so darkest hour of the post uh, shape of water yeah. uh, and and a lot of other smaller kind of things that I think we may talk about in our in our next episode but uh, it's a great time of year. This is my favorite time of year for for films because it's it's hard to find a bad one. Although next week when we're um, talking about our top tens, I think there's one that's going to be on everybody's list, which I actually actively hate. And so um, we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, Britton, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's let's pass it over to you and uh, tell us what you've been watching. Yeah, I've kind of been doing the same thing, just trying to catch up on uh, the movies that are coming to the theater. Uh, the city where I live does this super annoying thing where they only release the Oscar movies for like a week, a month after everyone else gets them, and then they're gone. Yep. <laughs> so I will be seeing Itania, Shape of Water, a bunch of the other ones in the next like three days. We'll see uh, see how that goes. Um, it's all Darkest Hour. In terms of TV, playing a little bit of catch up, I'm still the last person in America who thinks that Suits is a worthy way to spend your TV watching time. Um, So I've been watching Suits the third time through the series, sadly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love it. It's, yeah, it's bad. Oh, it's, it's such a bad show, but I love it. Uh, And then Atlanta, rewatching Atlanta to get ready for the new season. And then, I don't know if you guys have, has anyone heard of uh, Action Bronson, the rapper? No. No. He is like a Brooklyn-based guy, but he also had a Michelin star when he was a chef. Um, So he started a show that is called uh, Bleep That's Delicious on Viceland that is incredible. It's like everything you want from 
you know, Rachel Ray meets a hip hop concert all at once. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. And then watch Psych the movie and man, it was terrible. Oh, oh was it really? So bad. Oh my gosh. I got about four minutes in before I wanted to turn it off. I watched the whole thing, but man, every single moment was like the worst parts of the last two seasons. That's a bummer. I love Psych. Yeah, I love Psych too, yeah. It's one of my favorite shows ever, but apparently they're making five more movies. What? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that's a lot of catch up, but uh, excited to kind of see the last of the Oscar movies I haven't seen yet, hopefully this week. And what do you, I am a huge fan of Atlanta. Do you like the, do you like Atlanta? It's probably, I don't want to say it's in my top 10 shows since it only has nine episodes, but for first seasons, it's probably in my top 10 first seasons I've ever seen. I love it. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it appeals to everyone because it's not broad comedy, but I right. love that show. It's, it's some, there are a couple of scenes in that first season that are maybe that are definitely in my top five funniest television scenes. It's just, uh, that's a great show. That's a, that's a great show. Well, and there's a whole episode that deals with, uh, I forget what the name of the episode is, but it kind of deals with the poverty cycle and how short-term economic depression affects long-term decisions that wasn't as funny, but it was just so well-written and such a perspective changer that I, I loved it. So good. So good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great show. I definitely recommend it. And it's on Hulu, so if you if you have Hulu, uh, you can see the entire first season now. So New season comes out March in March at some point. So That's it. Well, that's what we've been watching. And with that, we now move to our main event review of The Post. So, can I ask you a hypothetical question? Oh, dear, I don't like hypothetical questions. Well, I don't think you're going to like the real one either. Do you have the papers? Not yet. This is a devastating security breach that was leaked out of the Pentagon. The most highly classified documents of the war. The Times has 7,000 pages detailing how the White House has been lying about the Vietnam War for 30 years. The way they lied, those days have to be over. Okay, people are concerned about having a woman in charge of the paper that she doesn't have the resolve to make the tough choices. Thank you, Arthur, for your frankness. Let's do our jobs. Find those pages. You're talking about exposing years of government secrets. Is that legal? What is it you think we do here for a living, kid? Ben, I might have something. It must be precious cargo. It's just government secrets. And that is from the trailer of The Post, the latest prestige film, if you will, from director Steven Spielberg. It's known infamously for its very brief production. I think it came together and was shot in just under five months or so. And the IMDb description reads, A cover-up that spanned four U.S. presidents pushed the country's first female newspaper publisher and a hard-driving editor to join an unprecedented battle between the press and the government. This is a 
who's who of actors. We've got headlining. You've got Meryl Streep. You've got Tom Hanks. You've got Sarah Paulson and so many more. Bob Odenkirk, just great actors across the board. It's certainly being compared to other films about journalism like All the President's Men and Spotlight. And it is, and, and it has been nominated for several awards and is expected to be nominated for several Academy Awards as well. So what I, what I thought we would do is we'll go around and give our general thoughts and impressions first before we get into spoilers. Okay, Britton, since you went last on our What We've Been Watching segment, as our special guest, we'll give you the honor and tell us what you thought. Give us your general impressions about The Post. Man, The Post is probably the movie I was most looking forward to coming into the 2017-2018 kind of Oscar season and whatnot. Um, Tom Hanks is one of my favorite actors of all time. That Thing You Do is incredible. Him in Toy Story is the best. Um, but really, That Thing You Do is just just amazing. We don't talk about the uh, Da Vinci Code series. Doesn't count. Um... Meryl Streep, I kind of think she's the Led Zeppelin of movies. In that, is she a legend? Sure. Do I like her? No. But it is what it is. So anyway, all that to say, I was going into it with high hopes. And I think it's one of those movies that overall I would say I really enjoyed. Um, I saw it on, I believe, Saturday, but the more I think about it, the more there are parts of it that just don't quite work for me. Um, without getting too much into spoilers, obviously, I think my biggest issue was, even though I do love Hanks, you know, I respect Meryl Streep, it felt like often it was more of an acting exercise between the two of them than it was a movie to me. The, uh, the narrative points didn't necessarily hold up. I didn't think the stakes were built incredibly well, and I thought the script was fairly clunky. Um, the story was great, though, obviously, based on true events. Um, I think it was a great story. Just wish that... I don't know. I, I'm trying not to compare it against other journalism movies, but compared to Spotlight, it felt like Spotlight had much more much more pace, I guess, to it. Um, whereas the post felt like a little bit of little bit more of a kind of a plotting movie in terms of pace. So overall I enjoyed it, just not quite as much as I thought I was going to do, uh, to like it. Okay. So that's a, a lukewarm, but positive review from Britain. Uh, let's go to Melody. Melody, you do a lot of writing and you've edited, uh, copy edited novels. So this is typically the kind of movie I think that would interest you. So what was your take on the post? Uh, yeah, I was definitely looking forward to this movie for all the reasons that Britain mentioned, although I do love Meryl Streep, um, for sure. Yeah, who doesn't, Britain? What's wrong with you? Yeah, that's that's a little strange, Pretty much but, just him. you know. I, I'm willing to take the bullet on that one. <laughs> that's just me. So, yeah, and of course, writing is, you know, great. So I was expecting great things from this movie, and for me, I felt like it delivered, for sure. I, I enjoyed every minute. I I went into the movie feeling very, very tired and really hoping that I would be able to stay awake, honestly. And from the minute it started, I was riveted. Um, yes, it was mostly because of the performances of Hanks and Streep, for sure. Um, there were there were moments that, you know, I'm just watching the two of them on screen and this one long scene that didn't even cut away and both of their faces were in it and just the 
the, just their acting skill is amazing. It just it didn't feel like dialogue. It just felt wonderful. Um, so I loved all of those moments. I see what Britain's saying about, you know, it, it being the, the acting thing between the two of them. But I loved that. And I would have kept watching that because I just think they're wonderful. I don't think the script was amazing. I think it was telling the story. But it didn't feel plotting to me. It felt engaging the whole time. And I was it felt tense and exciting. And even though I knew everything that was going to happen, I enjoyed watching it happen. Um, I think that I was intrigued to see how much of the movie was going to be about the powerful woman character. And I don't think that I don't think that that was the complete heart of the movie or the complete point of the movie. But I'm very intrigued by by that character. And I think that Meryl Streep did an awesome job in portraying her. So I enjoyed it. It's a big thumbs up for me. Okay. So a big thumbs up for Melody. Daniel, let's go to you. You are an aspiring screenwriter. You've done a lot of uh, writing yourself. So what did you think about The Post? Yeah. You know, Melody and Britton both mentioned it already. Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. I mean, they're just the two of the best that there is. There's a scene very early on where the two of them are just sitting and eating breakfast or lunch and and it's it's just the whole time I was watching this long take, I just I, it was amazing watching these two just do their thing, just act opposite each other because they're both just so good at it. And so that's kind of the feeling I had throughout the whole movie because uh, it's not just them. Obviously, Steven Spielberg directed this, and he's another legend. And so the whole movie just uh, is so technically proficient, and the movie just feels confident and assured that we know what we're doing. And so the whole time I was watching it, it just felt confident. It felt engaging, exactly like Melody said. Um, and so it's, it's a really good movie overall. Um, I'm not sure there's ever been a movie that fits the word timely better than this one. I mean, if it was fictional, I think there would be like a, like a fictional story at all the same points. Uh, I think there would be mass protests against this film. People thinking it was just a hit piece on the president. And that's what makes this film so strong because, uh, it, here today, it's a necessary reminder of why we need the press, why they're so important, and why we need to hold our leaders accountable. Uh, and so it's it's really strong because of the the time in which it's released. If taking taking it out of the time, just judging it as a film, not within the context of our time, um, you know, it's not exactly groundbreaking. Uh, there's definitely a, a lot of things about this movie that feel familiar. That's not necessarily a negative thing. Uh, it just doesn't feel like there's necessarily anything here new or unique. Um, and I think, you know, Britain, Britain mentioned Spotlight, which is a really good movie. Um, and it has a lot of emotion and really invests you in, in what's happening with the Catholic Church scandal and all of that. And I think that's what's missing from the post. I didn't feel a lot of emotional weight connected to the story that they were investigating. Uh, I didn't feel scared or worried or concerned about the soldiers uh, or the Vietnam War. I was really invested in Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep's characters, but that's sort of detached from the story that they're investigating. So, you know, that's a, a slight issue, not a lot of emotional weight, but uh, this is still a really, really good movie, uh, very engaging and very uh, thrilling at times, um, and just, you know, a, a film made by legends. And so it's, it's really 
really good and absolutely worth the time. Okay, another strong endorsement from Daniel. Let's go to Josh and continuing the theme here of people who have done a lot of writing. Josh has uh, done lots of writing in his in his day and has a what what is your master's in Josh is it linguistics or something like that? My master's is in linguistics. My uh, bachelor's is in journalism. In journalism. Okay. So there you go. Uh, and you're married to a former is it literature professor? Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, literature composition. Yeah. Oh, well, so the the written word is certainly important in your household. So Josh, what did you think about the post? Well, I think that the post first off isn't primarily a movie about writing. <laughs> I mean, I I appreciate the introduction for all of us as writers, but I I don't think that's where the the post really really hinges the most. There's the the fact that it is set within a newspaper is one thing, but I think that the primary theme is um as Daniel just covered is the freedom of the press and holding leaders accountable and and things like that and the lengths to which journalists are willing to go to do that. There's that, and then there's a secondary theme, which uh, Melody touched on a bit, which I didn't know was going to get quite as much play as it did, but it ended up feeling very, very important and made the movie feel doubly timely. There was the freedom of the press angle, and then there was um, there was the Meryl Streep angle, and they were both. I don't I don't want to say treated equally, but they were both very prominent and both made the movie feel like like it was at its time and i guess that's one of the reasons that they rushed through production so quickly is that like they had both of these cylinders to fire on and they did both very well uh as you mentioned at the beginning chad that this movie has so many people in it Uh, obviously tom hanks and meryl streep but half of the fun of this movie was just watching the secondary characters being like who else am i going to recognize right yeah bob odenkirk david cross allison brie uh there are more zach wood uh jesse plemons um i think there are even a couple more that even someone who doesn't watch as much as you guys do i was like i know them i know them and them and it was it was a lot of fun insane uh so watching this movie which i guess i i buried the lead as a as a true journalism c student (laughs) <laughs> um, I enjoyed the movie. The movie was great. I I really liked it. One of the things about it is that watching a Spielberg movie, I, I don't know how else to describe it other than like, this is what a movie is. This is what a drama looks like. And I don't know whether that means that Spielberg's technique has become so entrenched that it seems hackneyed or whether it's become so entrenched that it's classic and Chad can probably uh, put this a little bit more eloquently than I can, but it's the way all the shots are framed and the way the, the scenes flow is it's just spot on. It's, it's so sharp and flawless that it feels almost bland at times, but at the same time you feel like it's, it's cut together perfectly and immaculately. And that's all I can say. I I really enjoyed the movie. I don't know whether I would say it's in like my top whatever of all time, but it was a very solid movie, very timely and fantastic for performances. So thumbs up. 
Wow, so a glowing review from Josh. So the post is on a roll here tonight at the screeners, except for Britain, who hated it. So let's go to you, Chris. Uh, we've had a theme of writers tonight. So as someone who listens to a lot of audiobooks. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate that, Chris. I love yes. you. So uh, what do you think about the post? I hated it. No, I'm just joking. I, I, I adored this movie. It, look halfway through this film i just felt like i was in a master class i you guys have already mentioned it i felt like i was in the hands of folks who are at the top of the game and knew exactly what they're doing and as far as telling a story goes it really doesn't get much better than this and because it's so it mirrors so well what's happening right now in our almost daily news cycle so many of these things that happen in this film seem novel to the people at the time like we would never they never experienced this thing these things before and it feels like today this is a something crazy like this could happen at noon and it would be something different at 6 p.m and so it is it's it's incredible to see how far we have come where where we've gone from this point in history and uh and how much the news has changed and how how we get our news and also you know what what can and cannot be printed. I mean, there's a there's a line in here that they talk about. This is the first time in our nation's history where a newspaper was barred or might be barred from printing a story. So that's a that's a kind of a it's a crazy it's a crazy place to be. The the power of the president, the power of the press, and uh, what is so necessary about that that relationship. I found it to be incredibly captivating uh the performances of meryl streep and tom hanks are like you guys have already said totally incredible uh the supporting cast is really amazing you know i'm surprised melody didn't say because it's one of the things that she mentioned and i i think i really agreed with her on as far as filmmaking goes but i understand why they did it but you know in order to keep this kinetic energy up there was a lot of shaky cam um and Mm. some of those sequences were a little nauseating I, i understood that thematically it worked but as far as like just kind of taking me out for a moment there were a few of those moments uh that i did get you know, kind of like, wow, that why why would we why are we doing this? I understood why they chose to shoot it that way, but there were a few of those moments that called attention to themselves. I guess is what I would say, where you knew that this was a choice that was made. It wasn't budgetary restriction, or maybe it was. I mean, I know they had a low budget on this film. Uh, maybe it was time. I don't know. There was a lot of shots in this film that they just did the uh, the basic coverage and there weren't like too many cutaways to close-ups. I, I found that fascinating that there are so many just master shots uh, in this in this movie. That was an interesting choice and I'm sure it was because of the accelerated timeline of shooting. Um, that just makes sense. But it's also something that Spielberg does frequently and I'm sure if he wanted a second take, he would get it. So, But there was an interesting interesting choice. It kept up that kinetic energy. It felt like I was experiencing real events that I wasn't necessarily in uh, you know, this, this movie. I was more kind of in a, a, a kinetic, very uh, chaotic space. And so those things I really, really did appreciate. Look, the stories were are very very much of 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 our time right now and like i think it was daniel who said if if anything remotely like this were to come out but would have been a fiction it would it would be lambasted by a lot of people it would be um you know people would say you know you know this is you don't, don't go see this thing but this is history 
uh, kind of teaching. And uh, yeah. obviously it is through the lens of um, some artists. And of course, you know, they're, they're weighing, they're putting, putting pressure on certain points as they can because they're artists and that's fine. But at the same time, even if you go back and, and you look at this moment in history, I think there are things that we can definitely learn and come across and understand the power and necessity of of the press. And that is what The Post does oh so very well. We understand why uh, it's important to have women in places of power, and we understand uh, why it's important to speak truth to power. And that is, that's a powerful message anytime. So I love The Post. I thought it was a wonderful experience, and honestly, I can't wait to see it again. Okay, so the glowing reviews continue, and they go up to Chris, who loved it. So, Chris, you are probably the most positive, I think, yeah. uh, out of out of everybody so far. Uh, not to pile on as far as the the good things about this film, I'll just agree with you that I think Tom Hanks is the greatest actor of his generation, and everything that he does is it's just it's almost breathtaking how fantastic he is Meryl Streep the same thing I honestly think Meryl Streep's performance to me personally stands out more than Hanks did in this one Uh, I think she is marvelously good uh, in this film however this this movie overall for me I don't like it as much as I think all of you guys did now if if I'm listing my top 20 of 2017 it's definitely solidly in my top 20 but it's probably going to be out it's it's definitely going to be outside of my top 10 and that is because of a lot of what Britain talked about just from a structural standpoint of this movie it's difficult because it is so immaculately crafted the composition in this uh, Chris you touched on a little bit the composition choices that Spielberg makes with the movement of his camera and the way that he reveals foreground elements and and tracks single shots to reveal somebody else just off camera uh, in these long single takes is just it's the work of a master and I think a lot of why he did that was because the story and this is just my opinion here isn't strong or compelling enough as just a film to keep it exciting. Now I get that because it is so of its time and because the messaging is is very strong, that in and of itself makes it compelling, but but very much like that what Daniel said, when I just take this movie as just a film, it do, it just doesn't land on me as much. I think the pacing and the drama that's inherent in the telling of this story doesn't have a sustained sense of momentum. I think the first 45 minutes or so, it really takes a while to to get going. And the back half of this is a little stronger and it doesn't make just because the camera is moving doesn't mean that it is exciting but he tries to move the camera in such a way to, to try and bring some energy to a lot of these scenes and I think that's because inherently this isn't a cinematic story like this to me feels like it could be a stage play and I don't mean that in a negative way it just that's what it feels like even though it's, it's, it's a true story contrasting that to movies like Spotlight or All the President's Men that are very similar those movies have a heart and a a connection to a, a central theme or story that just had more more momentum to me. And, and I think one of my biggest problems with this movie is really at a script level. I don't think that people really act like real people or speak like real people in this movie. They just kind of exist to inflate the drama and at times to sermonize about the point that they're trying to make. And I think the message in and of itself is strong enough that they didn't have to do that. The, the Really, the only character to me that felt like a real person was... Uh, and I think Josh mentioned him was Bob Odenkirk as a journalist who's just trying to do the right thing and tracking down his lead. I felt like that was a real person where these other 
where the other characters, I didn't get that as much. I just saw magnificent actors acting and, and giving monologues and speeches about why and how we should feel about what they were doing, which is fine, except it kind of breaks the, the momentum of the movie for me because at times it does cross over into speechifying instead of just letting the natural situation create narrative tension that is required to make the story compelling, the meat on the bones. The, the themes of the movie are strong enough to work without it constantly telling me, hey, this should work. You know, one way, and, and Josh mentioned it a little bit, uh, the whole sexism angle and the woman uh, woman in power angle, I actually disagree with Josh a little bit. I don't think they're equal. I don't even think they're close to equal thematically. I think that, although there are lots of scenes where we see how she's treated poorly, I don't think they do. I don't think it gives an insightful look at sexism or business in the press. Instead, it goes for the the broadest sense. And that's that's a Spielberg kind of thing. He's he is kind of known as being populist and kind of hitting the broad strokes. And so I think that would have been more interesting if they had specifically dug into that, talked a little bit more about the history of close relationships between politicians and media and how it impacts stories, because that's a that's something that's been around for as long as journalism has been around. And I think those angles could have been a, a, another entry point to, to make the story have some momentum that for me it didn't have as much because for me, like I said, it ends up being maybe my 15th best movie of the year. It's still a great film, but it just didn't really get it hooked into, hooks into me like Spotlight did because I feel like it's just a very broad surface level, great performances, but the script is really on the nose. And when we get into spoilers, we can talk specifically about some moments that almost broke it for me. But I'm conflicted because overall, it's immaculately crafted. I love the messaging of the story, and it's a it's a really good movie. I just don't love it, I think, as much as you guys did. One of the things I, I forgot to mention in, when I was talking about it, and I, the sexism stuff was very subtle, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Because there's that sequence when she's walking in for the IPO, and all of the wives are outside the door. And when she opens up the door, it's all guys inside, you know, and she's kind of like been let into the the holy of holies, but only because she's not really deserving of it, but only because of, you know, what, you know, her, her husband died. She, but all the other, you know, all the other ladies are, are, are to be outside those doors and not into the, the decision-making process. All that stuff I really enjoyed. The framing of that, there was a moment when the lawyer and the two guys on the chairman were walking towards the camera and she couldn't walk with them she had to walk behind them uh as she was talking to them i just all those subtle like the separation between a woman and a man were were so well crafted and done i i love those moments and the character development that she undergoes like as as she she starts out playing right. within that and then she has that you know that speech yeah and then she develops as a character and it's it's a subtle thing it's not except for that you know those one or two scenes but it's subtle throughout the movie and i don't know i i found that powerful i like i said i didn't think the themes were completely equal but i didn't personally going into it expect the secondary theme to be as prominent as it ended up feeling to me that's what i meant to say yeah yeah and you're definitely right she definitely gives a speech or six and they're all good <laughs> but they're all good they're all good all right, so before we get into spoilers, uh, let's just go around and give our recommendations on whether people should see this uh, or not. And remember, your four options are they can screen it in the theater, they should rent it, they should stream it, 
or they should skip it altogether. So, Britton, let's go back to you. What do you think people should do as it pertains to the post? Yeah, I think I definitely ended up sounding more negative on the movie than I was. Overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, Would definitely say see it in the theater, not just because this movie deserves it, but because it's always a better experience seeing anything in the theater. Okay. And Melody? Yeah, I think I I don't disagree with any of Chad's critiques necessarily, but I would go see this movie so that you can see Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep be amazing. Like, forget the story, whatever, whatever. Just go see the be amazing. Go see it in the theater. You'll be glad you did. For sure. Daniel? Completely agree. I think this is absolutely worth the theatrical experience, and it's an important movie to see now uh, rather than later. And Josh? So normally for a movie like this that i enjoyed i would say go see it in the theater because movies like this need your support steven spielberg does not need your support that said i'm still torn between seeing it in the theater and streaming it because it does feel like it might gain something from the big screen big screen i'm on the line see it in the theater sure why not okay chris at the end of our screening, uh, w- there was there was a huge amount of applause, like even more so than there was like at the end of like a Star Wars film, uh, and you know there's just this I don't know it was just there's an interesting kind of electric uh, moment in our history right now, and I think seeing this in the theater is a good thing, and uh, seeing it with a group of people is uh, is, is 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 almost. I think it definitely adds to the experience of, of the story in the film. So see it there. I don't think this movie would lose anything watching it at home. And as I've, as I've said a thousand times, I think everything should be seen in the theater. But as my personal scale goes, this movie is certainly theater worthy and you should see it in the theater if you can. And with that, let's move into spoilers for the post. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? There's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. Okay. Anything in particular that you guys want to hit uh, as it relates to uh, to spoilers? Any scenes that stood out or any moments that, that you thought were great or not great? Yeah. What do you guys think about the ending of the movie, the uh, the Watergate moment? I thought that was a fantastic way to end the movie. I thought it was tied it into the story we all know and tied it in directly to all the president's men. Uh, So, yeah, I thought it was a really cool way to end it. It, In a weird way, it reminded me of Rogue One, how it just kind of tied right into the next next movie. Uh, So, yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it felt a little strange. It was kind of like, and now Steven Spielberg brings you the American history extended universe, you know, <laughs> but, but it was, it was, it was fine. It was fine. Also known as history. Right? Yeah. Just history. Um, it felt a little forced to me, but I definitely see Daniel, what you're saying. I don't know necessarily that without it, it would have ended uh, properly. It just, 
I don't know. It felt felt a little bit forced, but I think it was still well done. Yeah, it did to me. The the scene to me that that bothered me the most, I, I guess, bother is probably too strong a word. But then at the at the same time, recognizing that it's classic Spielberg is when Streep walks down the courthouse steps. You know, like she's coming off of Mount Olympus, and there's this row of you know all these women that just stare at her adoringly. That it's just the way that whole thing. I, it's just another example to me of how on the nose the movie is with the messaging piece of it, because that it just was a clear cinematic thing that could have been conveyed in any number of ways that wouldn't be so. It just broke. It just broke the, any kind of hold on me. If I was like, okay, I'm watching a movie again. It just it just felt felt a little too much yeah, to me. Yeah, I'll give you that one. I did truly find most of this film to be rather riveting. I wasn't all that familiar with the the court case and how things actually shook out. Obviously we know that we have the Washington post and we understand that we have the New York times, but all of the, 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 the tendrils that, that, you know, were there, the Vietnam stuff, the, the several decades of, of lying uh, by the, you know, the presidents and administrations and uh, just, you know, the, the, the nuts thing that like, like I said, this is the first time in history where a news publication was told not to print something by the United States government. That's, that's kind of uh, an amazing place to tell a story. And I think for the most part, it was all just really good. And I agree, Chad, to your point when you said that there really isn't much going on here. It's much more about, do you have the, is this, is this, is this institution worth having around and you know what are we what are they willing to do what are they willing to put on the line to as they say at the end the press is there to protect not the governors but the governed right uh and i thought that was serve yeah and and serve there you go and that was that was all great and that i i love the message of the movie that like i said this isn't spoilery but like i said my initial review those things are very abstract the the government the press the instant even the institution of the washington post or whatever those are all very big and and abstract whereas spotlight or or specifically spotlight has has people and uh you can see how they're being you know they're victims and all this stuff so it had that emotional weight whereas here the there there wasn't a lot of emotion i didn't feel i was i was gripped by the story are they going to publish or not but uh there was no real nothing really grabbed me emotionally and made me invested in whether this was going to happen i i don't know how they could have done that maybe showing I don't, you know, how the war affected, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they could have done, but I just didn't really get emotionally grabbed. I would agree. I guess for me, it didn't seem that the message of the movie was necessarily what they intended it to be. Um, I think if the message of the movie was that the Post or any, you know, uh, press institution, press institution, should be able to publish and should be an unfiltered look at, you know, freedom of information and the government and the check on powers that be and whatnot. I would have loved it. To me, the way it was set up, and once again, this might just be the way I understood the movie, um, but the way that it was set up seemed to, every time it went towards that freedom of the press angle, uh, grab it back and rip it more towards would Meryl Streep's character lose the the paper 
And, you know, even the way they set it up with the kind of the beginning of the whole story being the seven-day IPO. And I just couldn't make myself care as much about whether or not someone who is already in power, extremely wealthy, whatever, lost the paper or not. Um, if it was about more freedom of the press, I think I would would totally agree. I just thought that they kept kept angling it back at Streep's character for some reason in that way. Yeah, yeah a, and I think sorry. yeah, and that I think that's that that's what I was getting at is that they had because the story in and of itself, the will she or won't she publish, to me is not compelling enough. So they have to find other ways. Right. You know, will she lose the paper, etc. Um, to try and make this thing, which is why I think there, I think there are plenty of other angles they could have taken to make the story have more narrative momentum uh, than it did. Uh, while at the same time, we we witnessed marvelous performances across the board, and you know the work of of Spielberg's composition uh, and the score and everything uh, is really really great. But it just it just kind of falls flat because it does it does kind of make the film about. In the end, I think when I was saying how it really starts to pick up is when it gets more interested in the freedom of the press angle. And that's where the film really comes to life for me. Well, and I think to Daniel's point, if they had rather than overemphasizing the IPO and kind of Streep's uh, character struggle with that, if they had looked at what, you know, one of the young kids who went off to Vietnam's take on the leaks were, or what people in Vietnam thought of the progression of the news back stateside, that would be something I think I would be a lot more on board, <coughs> excuse me, a lot more on board for. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I think both things are very important uh, themes and movies that should be made, freedom of the press and sexism, uh, but they kind of played yeah. played themselves in both courts and 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 didn't do either one as much justice they both they did there were some good moments in both themes but yeah it didn't fully nail each one i i feel like i have a lot to say about it honestly but i think it <laughs> i i'm struggling to know what to say because i feel like it's so personal for me because i think i see a lot of myself in Meryl's character, not that I'm like a very fancy, important newspaper publisher, but, you know, in, in the small scale of my life, being a woman in in a mostly man's world is interesting. And so I think I'm, I'm listening to what you guys are saying and I'm I'm hearing all of your arguments and I'm hearing how, yeah, it was very subtle and was it really even saying anything about that? And so I, I don't know. I, I think for me, what I was seeing was the complexity of all of the different things that she was weighing in her decisions. So for me, it wasn't, oh, this is about the IPO or, oh, this is about losing the paper. Or, oh, this is about holding the press accountable. It was all of the things. And that's what made it so complicated. That's what made the decision so complicated. And the biggest part for me that I saw in her was the tension of the friendship that she was going to ruin by by publishing or you know or the people that she was going to hurt so I, I don't know it worked for me I think because I related as, as a woman I liked it a lot I I was inspired by it and I was encouraged by it and yeah <laughs> I don't know what else to say yeah but. and I think Meryl Streep definitely gets as far as the some of those moments 
where she stands up and takes control. She gets some of the best moments in the film. And I think that her, I think that's why her performance stood out to me more than Tom Hanks is she feels like a character that, as Josh mentioned, has somewhat of an arc throughout this film. And you can experience that as she goes along. You're listening to the screeners podcast. Thanks guys for joining us for our review of the post. As always, you can keep up with the conversation on Facebook. Search The Screeners Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, at ScreenersCast. We want to hear from you, what you've been watching, and uh, if you agree with our opinions. And and, uh, we always love to hear from our listeners. All right, join us next time for our favorite episode every year. It's going to be our top 10 favorite films of 2017. We'll see you then. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.